Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. You're listening to Truly Criminal, the home of true crime. To see the video version of this case, including the footage and photos, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Truly Criminal. March the 14th, 2015, 12.40pm. Nine one one received a call requesting that they urgently go to a house on Landale Street in Studio City, Los Angeles, to carry out a welfare check. Two sisters, fifty-two-year-old Jill Blackstone and forty-nine-year-old Wendy Blackstone, lived at the property, and the call had come in from Jill's friend. She told them Jill had phoned her, saying she had passed out, woken up, and thought she was having a stroke as she couldn't move. She wasn't making much sense on the phone and her friend was very concerned for both hers and her sister's welfare. Her sister Wendy Blackstone was deaf and legally blind and was cared for by Jill, so if something had happened to Jill, it could mean both of them were in trouble. Jill then abruptly told her friend that Wendy and their three dogs were dead. As paramedics and police quickly arrived at the property, they found several typed-out notes around the outside of the house and stuck on the side of a bin near the garage. One note warned people to enter the garage carefully, and another said, both parties have do-not-resuscitate orders. A third post-it note read, Jill Blackstone, brown hair, Wendy Blackstone, red hair. And a final one said that the dogs were trapped in the garage. It was a deeply unsettling series of notes. Authorities opened the garage door after following the instructions on one of the pieces of paper. As soon as they did, two dogs came running out. It turned out that the inside had been filled with carbon monoxide, which appeared to have come from the barbecue grill. 49-year-old Wendy Blackstone was unconscious on the ground, with her third dog by her, and it was clear that her dog was already dead. Despite the do-not-resuscitate orders on the notes, paramedics attempted to save Wendy but nothing could be done. Wendy Blackstone was pronounced dead at the scene. Another one of her dogs that had fled the garage would tragically later die too. What appeared to have been a handwritten suicide note was found in Wendy's hand, and a half-empty bottle of vodka lay nearby too. Wendy's feet were near the barbecue, and there was also a bin which was full of ash and smoking slightly. In the house upstairs... They found Jill lying on the bed half-naked, slurring and slow with her words. She was rushed to hospital where she stayed for two days to be treated for severe carbon monoxide poisoning. Detectives said it was a very perplexing and strange case and something wasn't making sense. But with Jill in hospital and in no place to talk, all they could do was wait 
and look into the sisters' history, lives, and talk to the neighbours. Jill and Wendy Blackstone worked from home running their own businesses, which helped to support Wendy even more, as it meant she didn't need to leave the house much, and Jill could help care for her. By all accounts, her sister was her primary caregiver. Wendy's life had always revolved around animals, and everybody said she was the happiest when she was with them. When she and her sister Jill moved in together seven years before, starting an animal rescue business in their home seemed like a no-brainer. It was called Thumping Tails Animal Rescue Centre, and they always told people how proud they were of it, and how much they loved what they did. Before working with animals, however, Jill Blackstone had actually worked in television production for many years, and was fairly well known in these circles. Although her IMDb credits list only five projects, multiple sources say she had production roles on some of the biggest reality shows of the 90s and early 2000s. In the San Francisco Bay Area. You all come back now, you hear? The Jerry Springer Show, The Osbournes, Sally Jesse Raphael, Rosie, Divorce Court, Dr. Drew, and over 100 episodes of Family Court with Judge Penny. She was even nominated for a Cable ACE Award in 1993. As her production work started to slow down around 2009, she and her sister moved in together and started running the business. Jill's LinkedIn profile read, Some of you know me as a TV producer, others as an animal welfare advocate and dog rescuer. I'm all those things. But sadly, the not-for-profit animal rescue business they loved so much was proving very costly to run. As detectives looked into the sisters' finances, it showed that Jill was bleeding money and drowning in debt. She owed almost $10,000 to animal hospitals and various vets. She owed family members money, had unpaid medical bills, and was thousands of dollars in on different credit cards. The monthly mortgage repayments alone cost almost $6,000. A few years before, Jill had actually filed for bankruptcy, reportedly being around $1.4 million in debt, and owing her sister Wendy over $100,000 too. The pair had recently sold their $950,000 home, but were still living in it while they waited for the new owners to take possession. According to the neighbours, however, they were having trouble finding somewhere else to live, given all the pets and the extra things that Wendy needed in place to support her. People said Jill had become more and more withdrawn as the stress of the move and finances were getting to her. The relationship between the sisters and their parents was strained as well, and Jill told people she had spoken to them about adapting their home so they could also help care for Wendy but due to their age, they said it just wasn't going to work. And now, seven years after they bought their house in Studio City and moved in together, Wendy and her dogs were now dead, and Jill was very ill in hospital and lucky to be alive. Although you can never know what is going on in someone else's world or mind, neighbours said that the thought of Wendy taking her own life was completely shocking. Wendy always seemed happy and chatty, and her dogs in the business really were her whole world. The thought of not only leaving her beloved pets behind, but poisoning them to death, was quite unbelievable. 
Wendy's autopsy showed no outward signs of trauma and the toxicology report revealed there was no alcohol in her system, despite the bottle of vodka next to her. A Los Angeles County coroner recorded her death as being from the combined effects of smoke inhalation and an overdose of alprazolam, but her manner of death was left undetermined. The more the authorities looked into it, the stranger it all became. As soon as Jill was well enough to talk, she gave police her statement. At first, she denied saying that she had told anyone that Wendy and the dogs were dead and claimed she had no idea how they came to be there. She said all she remembered was being in the garage and starting up the barbecue to keep the space warm before lighting some of the barbecue briquettes in the metal can so she and Wendy could toast marshmallows. But both the barbecue and the metal can were enclosed in the garage, not outside in the garden as would be expected for obvious reasons, and this was another red flag. After this, she said she went outside where she passed out on the ground and woke up with the sun burning her face. She then called her friend and said she thought she was having a stroke, just as her friend had told the police. But to the detectives, there were so many inconsistencies and holes in the story, they started asking more questions. Experts that had been examining the note found in Wendy's hand now felt strongly that it had been written by Jill and not Wendy. It was not signed by Wendy, nor were any of the other notes outside the house either. Given everything the police had uncovered in the two days Jill was in hospital, they believed that Jill had drugged her younger sister before dragging her into the garage, where the dogs followed or were led as well. She then lit the grill, which started burning and leaking carbon monoxide, and staged the scene to look like Wendy had taken her own life by placing the note in her hand and notes around the property. Jill vehemently denied this and said just like her sister, she had devoted her life to saving animals and people and also helping Wendy. She said she would never want to bring her harm. I know what it looks like. This was not me. It's just not, she said. I'm so alone. People at 52, they have kids, they have spouses, they have adults who can help. It was all on me. I'm freaking tired because I have lupus, Jill added. The one note that read Jill Blackstone brown hair and Wendy Blackstone red hair and the other that said both parties have do not resuscitate orders did imply that authorities would need this to identify both women which further inferred that Jill had intended to no longer be alive when the police entered the home. Then, to their surprise, Jill claimed she was carrying out her younger sister's wishes and that the pair had made a pact to die together. She said she was meant to die as well but called a friend for help at the last second. But authorities weren't convinced and thought that even this was an attempt at staging and setting the scene to try and get away with murder. They placed Jill Blackstone under arrest for the murder of her sister Wendy and sent their findings to the district attorney's office. But after they reviewed everything, the DA's office ordered she was released after four days. The DA's office declined to file charges, saying there wasn't enough evidence and they needed the police to give them more. The LAPD arrested and then released a popular TV producer. They claim she was involved in the death of her sister, but the DA says it needs more proof.
KKL9's Andrea Fujii is live in Studio City with more details. Well, Elsa, both Jill Blackstone and her sister lived here in this Studio City home. After spending four nights in jail, the DA released Blackstone, saying there wasn't enough evidence to charge her. Police say the 52-year-old was arrested Saturday on suspicion of murdering her reportedly deaf sister, 49-year-old Wendy Blackstone. According to the website TMZ, Blackstone called police to report there was a suicide victim and three dead dogs in the garage of her Studio City home. The site reports that police thought the suicide note looked suspicious, and so Blackstone was then arrested. But today, the DA's office released her, telling me there was not enough evidence to charge her. Now, no one seemed to be home tonight. There are only signs outside the house of a pending demolition. Very nice people. Uh -huh. Nothing else to say. Neighbors on Landale Street in Studio City didn't want to go on camera to talk about their neighbors, TV producer Jill Blackstone and her younger sister, Wendy. They found an individual that was actually in the garage. Uh, the individual appeared to be deceased at that time. 49-year-old Wendy was dead along with one of their dogs. In addition, they found what appeared to be a barbecue. Um, Based on the barbecue and the evidence that we were able to observe at that time, it looked like carbon monoxide was involved. There was inconsistent information, evidence that we found, and that is the reason why we went forward as it possibly being a homicide. She was arrested for murder at that time, based on the evidence that we had, and it was submitted to the district attorney's office, and at this time they chose not to file. A car registered to Jill Blackstone sits in the driveway, but she hasn't been seen here since her release. But a demolition permit was visible. You bought it three months ago and she was just renting it back. Yeah, exactly. He says Blackstone agreed to be out of the house by the end of the month. Tonight, police say they continue to investigate this case and calls to Blackstone went unreturned. Reporting live in Studio City, I'm Andrea Fujii, KCAL 9 News. Neighbors said that Jill returned home in tears, and after this, she was barely seen out. Sources said she moved to New Jersey to live closer with relatives sometime later. As word started to spread, people started wondering if Jill's financial issues were a factor in what had happened. That was not the answer to her problems, one neighbor said. She was trying to find a foundation that would help them and help financially take care of her sister, but I don't think she got very far. No one had to die over money. There had to be other options. Another said they were having a hard time finding a new home because the sister that died was very ill. She couldn't see, she couldn't hear, she was housebound. So she needed to find a house that could accommodate her sister with the illness and the dogs. Evidently, the pressure was intense on them, but nobody expected this to happen. She loved her dogs desperately. They were her world. So why would she do that? It breaks my heart, it really does. It sickens me, someone else commented. Things then went very quiet. Wendy's death was still undetermined, and Jill was no longer in the state. But behind the scenes, an arduous investigation was underway. Homicide detectives and arson investigators from the Los Angeles Fire Department were conducting separate investigations and assessments that would last two years and take us to the spring of 2018. In March that year, the LAPD made an announcement. After an exhaustive investigation lasting more than two years, police arrested veteran television producer and animal rescue activist Jill Blackstone in Baltimore for the murder of her sister in California. Police say in 2015, Blackstone drugged her deaf and partially blind sister Wendy, 
put her in the garage and set it on fire, killing Wendy and two of their dogs. The LAPD says last month, prosecutors finally had enough evidence to file murder charges, and they tracked Blackstone down as she was undergoing treatment at Johns Hopkins Hospital. The motive for the murder? Police believe Blackstone became frustrated and was going broke trying to care for her disabled sister lived in a house that was once behind me. It's since been torn down and rebuilt after sitting vacant here for several years, according to neighbors. Those same neighbors are telling us they're in shock. Neighbors in the area still remember the chaotic aftermath. And I thought some accident happened, right? right? And then I go, what on earth was going on? They pulled the dogs had died, I think, and animal control was here. And I go, what's going on? And to be honest, because they didn't look like Somebody yeah. would be a murderer, <laughs> you know, I mean, usually they take care of, car, of dogs, stray dogs, they care, you know what I mean? And Blackstone was reportedly $1 million in debt. She had no other ties to Baltimore that we know of other than her treatment at Johns Hopkins Hospital. Live in East Baltimore at Central Booking, Mike Helgren, WJZ. All right, thank you, Mike. Now, Blackstone also faces animal cruelty charges for the death of the dogs. Jill was located at a hospital in Baltimore where she was placed under arrest and charged with the murder of her sister and three counts of animal cruelty. Her bail was set at over $2 million and she was extradited back to California. Prosecutors said that the reason things took so long was because the biological and toxical evidence had been destroyed long before they had filed a case, meaning they essentially had to start from scratch again. If found guilty at trial, she was facing a life sentence, and after several delayed hearings, things finally started moving ahead. Police and prosecutors believe the motive for murder was Jill's frustration of being forced to provide Wendy long-term care, as well as the associated financial hardship. Some detectives felt that Jill might have planned what was going to be a murder-suicide, but whereas Jill was found and saved, Wendy couldn't be. However, in court, prosecutors disagreed with this theory and said there is reasonable inference that Wendy Blackstone did not consent to and was not aware of the defendant's plan. Jill's lawyer was already in the process of trying to get the murder charge reduced to manslaughter, which would carry a far lesser sentence. Jill Blackstone is back in court once again facing murder charges for the March 2015 death of her sister, Wendy Blackstone. That is false. It is not factually sustainable. It is fake evidence. It is not true. For a long time, she was a successful local television producer and earned the kind of income where she could care for her sister. They were very, very close. Blackstone's attorney says his client was in the hospital in Maryland when she surrendered to police and waived extradition coming to California voluntarily. He also argued that the original interview the police had conducted in the hospital should be thrown out on the grounds that she was not in a clear state of mind and couldn't properly consent to it. Her lawyer called the case a family tragedy and said that Jill and Wendy's parents didn't want to see their daughter die in prison, having already lost their other daughter. He called the evidence they had against her fake and the whole situation was nothing more than a very tragic accident. He claimed that Wendy was the one that had been barbecuing food for the pair of them and she had died of accidental carbon monoxide poisoning. He added that the claims of there being any kind of fire inside the garage was not true, but this completely contradicted the coroner's findings, 
it was then announced that Jill would be taking a plea. In court, she arrived in a wheelchair with her lawyer saying her health had taken a turn and she was now suffering from Parkinson's disease as well as lupus. February 2022. Jill Blackstone pleaded guilty to one felony count of voluntary manslaughter, along with three felony counts of animal cruelty. She was sentenced to eight years in prison. Just as the police had said from the beginning, it was a very perplexing and complicated case. With numerous theories and ideas about what had happened, how it came to be, and the ins and outs of any conversations that had happened prior. And the reality is, it really is impossible to know. Whether there was a pact of sorts or not, whether it was all over money or not, these questions will probably never be answered. All we know is that 49-year-old Wendy and the dogs that she loved so much passed away in truly horrendous circumstances, and they are all missed dearly by the Blackstones' friends, family and neighbours. <laughs> 